Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. We're back. And uh, is this the first episode in a while that we're not talking about Commander 2018? Well, the last episode, we didn't really talk about Commander 2018. We didn't even really talk about magic at all. We talked about imaginary magic. That was real magic. I guess it was inspired by Commander 2018. But we're moving on to regular content here, although Guilds of Ravnica is coming up. And I'm sure we'll be jumping into that too. I love Ravnica. I'm so excited. It's one of, it might be the coolest plane just because with all the guilds and the color pairings, there's kind of like something for everybody. It's one of the things I love about it. We're going to get so many commanders. Yeah. We're going to, they're going to be good too. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm pretty stoked. And of course, well, I haven't officially announced this yet, but we will hear. I mean, you could have figured it out based on past patterns, but the next game nights will involve the legendary creatures from Guilds of Ravnica, so that's going to be pretty cool. And this episode is partially uh, inspired by Guilds of Ravnica because there was a new card that was leaked, spoiled. It was by Wizards' own, like yeah, we one don't, of their we German don't want to support people that like go in and, and do shady stuff. But when Wizards, whether it's in German or English, decides to let us know about a card, we're going to talk about it. Right. So yeah. it was called. Um, Oh, Are you no. gonna say it in German, Josh? No, you I, should say it in German. I was like, "Where on the paper is it?" It's, <laughs> it's uh, impervious great worm. Impervious great worm. Um, it's, it's hold on. I didn't. I wasn't smart, and I didn't bring it up on my phone beforehand. So, vamp, DJ, vamp. It is a 16, 16 creature. That's bigger than Emrakul. It's this ginormous. worm is bigger than Emrakul, and one of the great things is that its mana cost is insane, but it has Convoke. Right, and that means that we know Convoke is going to be a new mechanic in Guilds of Ravnica, which is really great because Convoke is awesome for the Commander format because we oftentimes have tons of things on the battlefield to be able to cast, and also it's a great mechanic for Limited too. I love limited and being able to balance the creatures you have on the battlefield versus your hand. I've always really enjoyed that mechanic. It is, you are doing a good job vamping and I'm looking panicky here because I spelled worm wrong. I was like, why is that popping up? Because great worm with a U. No, and you I'm spelled like, worm correctly. That's yeah. your problem. Josh is too good at spelling to it's find this It's great card. worm. Um, okay, let me read it. Impervious great worm. It's seven green, green, green. So 10 mana total. Like DJ said, it's a 16, 16 creature worm uh, it has convoke though so your creatures can help cast this spell each creature you tap while casting this uh spell will pay for one either generic mana or one mana of that creature's color so it's seven green 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 but if you had a token deck say and you had like six creatures <laughs> that's a and if some of them are green four mana yeah it's a four mana 16 16 also it's a 16 16 with indestructible um it says i love the flavor text on this one actually it's the ultimate answer to intrigue and subtlety because <laughs> this card is Just not like, subtle whoa, whoa. <laughs> i'm a 16 by the way i'm indestructible just don't think about <laughs> just don't think about triple quadruple blocking me so uh, I, I do want to say this is the buy a box promo, it turns out, for Guilds of Ravnica. So this won't be something you can get in booster boxes. This is like Nexus of Fate, uh, Fire Song, and Sunspeaker. By the way, this is nothing like Nexus of Fate. Yeah. And I'm glad. I'm glad. It's I'm a, glad, too. I think this is actually a pretty good buy a box promo. Yeah, and it's as about as the right level, goes. power level. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So this card is coming out in Guilds. 
this made both you and I immediately think of a deck that you have, DJ. It's Selvala, Heart of the Wild. Oh, oh it's Wilds, amazing. Heart of the Wilds. Um, we've talked about this deck. We've mentioned it on the show before. It's like a super powerful deck. It's really cool. It's so good that one time DJ and I were playing, we were playing with Cassius Marsh, the NFL player, and a couple other people, and DJ just beat us down with it. And afterwards, Cassius was like, can I see that? And he literally built the deck. And then when we showed up in Vegas, he had his own version of it because he was like, yep, you stomped me with it. And I was like, I want that deck. So, And guess what happened? He stomped us He stomped us, back. us with it. Yeah. That sucks because I've only just lost to this deck. I need to go build this deck. Um, I've seen it a few other places other times. This is a very good deck, a very fun deck. We're going to go into all of that. But before we do, we need to give some call-outs here, some shout-outs. First of all, to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, if you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and use that affiliate link when you order any of the cards we're going to talk about today, maybe even pre-order, I think, I'm not sure when this comes out, if you're going to be able to pre-order yet, but you will be able to soon, the Guilds of Ravnica stuff. If you buy any Magic products at all with our affiliate link, you really are supporting this show, Game Nights, and all of our content. We super appreciate it. And you can also check out the Ultra Pro stuff, and Ultra Pro also has a bunch of Guilds of Ravnica-themed things coming out, including... This is this is the coolest, and I've seen them already, are the guild sleeves. And the sleeves are just very simple. They have the guild um, symbol in the guild color. So it'll be like black with a green Golgari symbol on That's it. That's perfect for Commander. And I know a lot of people that are just going to pick up those sleeves and sleeve up their Commander decks. Yep, it's awesome. Right, yeah. It's awesome because if you have... A Marin deck, you want the Golgari ones. If you have a Mizzix deck, you want the Is It ones. It, you know, if you for some reason have a Gisela or Aurelia deck, <laughs> you can have the Boris one. I just gotta always try and kick him. I know uh, there's gonna be some of you out there that have that Marin deck, and you're like, Is it sleeves? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that will just <laughs> that like it's not right. It's like, well, anyway, Ultra Pro coming out with a lot of cool stuff uh, all the time, and it's usually themed around the most recent set. And this particularly, I think, they're going to have deck boxes and stuff with the guild symbols on it. So pretty exciting. Make sure you check out their products. And the last way to support this show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Clint, Clint Miller. Clint, you rock. Thanks, Clint. All right, so let's get into this deck tech, Savala, Heart of the Wilds. You know, there's a lot of things that make this sort of relevant now. And, and a big one is just that power matters, which is, Savala is a, is a sort of cares about the powers of your, or the power of your creatures, like how much power it has. Yeah. Let's start off by reading Savala sure, sure, so sure. that we know what's going on. Do you want to know something funny, Josh? You didn't pull her. I've got it right here. I didn't pull her. I put her on the sheet. She's uh, one. So smart. She's one green green for a two three elf scout. She says whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. So this is a symmetrical effect that works for you and all of your opponents. Anytime a creature enters the battlefield, that whoever you know, whoever controls that creature, if that creature is the biggest out there, the greatest power, they'll draw a card. And then Silvala can also. Pay a green and tapper, and she adds X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So that is the effect. That well, here's what I, I mean, I, actually it's like just a good card all around, really. But that's the effect that uh, talks about the powers matter. This here's the thing. This is a card that has card draw and mana ramp on it. I'm willing to just make a blanket statement that those 
We always say this. The two things every deck, every single deck needs. Any commander that has both of those things is going to be very, very powerful. Thrasios is that. One right? thing you have to take with a grain of salt is that the card draw on this is definitely limited. You might only draw two cards off of it. Like Thrasios, you know you're, you're going to draw, draw a yeah. ton of it. So remember going into this that you need other card draw to support this. This is more like incidental card draw, which is still amazing. Uh, but it's but the it's mana ability. Mana ramp, yeah. yeah, the mana ability is the thing that you can activate that you have total control over. So, as I was sort of saying before, the power matters archetype, the green caring, and, and sometimes red, specifically caring about the power of your creatures, is something they did in the past, but they've seemed to do a lot recently. Totally, because I made a deck tech on Silvalo right when it came out, and I went back to it, I went back to that video in preparation for this, um, and it seems that so many new cards have been added. There's been so many new movements toward power matters by wizards. I think this is something that they really like and are putting as an identity for green. And we're going to keep seeing it over and over again. In fact, we're seeing it on a gigantic 1616 worm. Green is going to have powerful power-based effects. Yeah. Didn't you say you've, since doing that video when she first came out, you've now added like 15 16 new cards totally. to it. yeah yeah and they're and they're great cards it's not like oh i'm trying out something new it's like no this is now a staple in the stack yeah and we're likely to continue to see this theme it just seems like something they've landed on that they like and and does feel very green so it's a deck that's going to maybe continue to get you know new good cards uh, maybe not every set, but often. But i mean think about it in terms of of every set we have uh, grothama which yeah. is a power matters from just Battle Bond yep. that just came out. Uh, we have Goreclaw that literally just came out, and it's a power Dominaria, matters right? bear from yep. uh, from M nineteen. It's the was it M nineteen? Yeah, because it's the monocolored green one that matched the monocolored right, other right. monocolored legendaries. Legendaries, yeah. And so we're just gonna colossal majesty. That's another card that cares about having big creatures. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're seeing all of these most recent sets caring about something power matters. I think that's really interesting from a deck building perspective. If you're building a deck, you you know, you can build around splice onto arcane or something maybe, but your ability to then get new cards for it that are going to come out are not your ability, but the likelihood is not very high, no, right? You're not getting so it. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons something like a Traxxer or whatever is very um, attractive because that's, you know, something with counters is going to come out in every set. All the time. Yeah. So you're going to be able to keep upgrading, keep building, evolving, changing, uh, powering it up as you as it, as you were. Uh, yeah, I think that's really compelling when I'm building a deck to think but, about that. Do you know what else is great is that if you get bored of Silvala, you can switch it out. Right now, my Silvala deck is technically a Grothama deck because I wanted to try out the gigantic fighting worm. True. And so I traded a few cards in, a few cards out, and then suddenly I have a brand new deck and then I can change it back to Silvala a little Gore bit Claw later. Is another one you exactly. can think about can switching to. can sub in and have a completely different feeling deck, but you have a lot of the basic staples that remain the same and remain powerful. I have a feeling that neither Gorklaw or Gorthama is going to be anywhere near as powerful as Sovala. No, the, the mana she adds is incredible. <laughs> okay, so you put down, this is a big mana deck. Do you want to talk about what, what you mean by that? Yeah, so this is a big mana deck because your goal is to get as much mana as possible with your Sovala. And so you need to be very conscious of how best to get big mana. By the way, it's getting big powered creatures or getting your creatures uh, to have a lot more power than they normally have. 
And then also there's the other side of that is, well, what are we going to do once we get all of that big mana? Yeah. Uh, and so that's the the balance that we need to do. We need to be able to reliably get big mana and then also be have a powerful it. thing to do with it. Okay. So the first category you have here is big, efficient creatures. Of course, we want big creatures because Silvala draws a card and also then taps for more mana the bigger creature we've got. Absolutely. And they need to be efficient because Terastodon is a is a great card, mm -hmm. but it comes down so late. The CMC is so high, yet you don't have a way to get here from there. Whereas some of these cards, like for example, the first one, Ronus the Indomitable, is three CMC for a 5-5. Five five. That means you can play Silvala on turn three at the latest, and then you can play Ronus on turn four and then still activate Silvala to generate five mana. Re yes, remember that Silvala. play. Remember that Silvala's ability does cost a mana. So you kind of have to take that into account. Ronus is really interesting because it's two and a green for a five five creature god. This is from Amonkhet. Death touch and indestructible. But Ronus the Indomitable can't attack or block unless you have uh, you control another creature with power four or greater. Uh, Ronus can also pump uh, another creature, give it trample. Here's the thing. Silvala doesn't care if the creature can attack or block. So that downside. Whereas like the <laughs> Theros gods, they aren't actually creatures until you meet that requirement. Exactly. But Ronus and the Amonkhet gods, they're still creatures. They just can't attack or block. So it's a really cool use of sort of a loophole in the system almost. Yeah, and being indestructible is great. It's got a mana sink on there, yep. something that we might mention a little bit later. Some we just talked about, well, mana. I make a ton of mana. What do I do with it? Giving a bunch, couple of my creatures like a ton of power and trample is a good way to win a game. And then also, this is going to be turned on constantly because all, surprise, our all are of our creatures are going to have huge power. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about another new creature. By the way, both of these are new. Yep. With huge power. It's Galta Primal Hunger. This is a 12 CMC creature, it's 10 green like, green for it's a 12 12. like Impervious Great Worm, a little it bit. It totally is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Galta Primal Hunger costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. It also has Trample. This matches up so well, too, because not only does this is this a huge body, a huge powered body for very little mana, it actually becomes way less because it synergizes with every other big powered creature in the deck. I mean, even just Ronus and Silvala out, this is going to cost five mana. And then Silvala will then tap for 12. So you'll actually gain mana on that exchange. Never mind that many times you're just going to be able to cast Galta for green, green. Great. Just, so, just and, great. and then Silvala immediately taps. Yeah, this is like when this came out, the Silvala deck was just salivating, salivating <laughs> Silvala. All right, Josh, the next one is all you. Okay. I knew you were going to make me read with this one. There are some decks where this is good, and this is one of them. It's Mana Gorger Hydra. It's two and a green for a 1-1 one, one Trample Hydra. Whenever you, uh, sorry, whenever a player casts a spell, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Mana Gorger Hydra. So this is a creature that grows really big pretty fast, especially if you get it out on three because people can just can't not cast spells. So if you cast it on three, more than likely it's going to be a 4-4 four, four by the time it comes back to you. Yeah. So it's almost like Ronus. Absolutely. It's not quite as good because if the turn you play it, you can't immediately tap Silvala. But That's right. This is one that you might again, want to deploy before it. Yeah. Ronus doesn't grow into it, you know, 15, 15 later. And then give you 15 yeah. mana. It's, yeah. it's very crazy. It also has trample too. Uh, this thing can get gigantic. And one of the great things is that you can almost set it down on the battlefield and forget about it. And then later on just be like, well, I can produce all the mana. That's yeah. Great. Now it taps for 20. <laughs> 
So one other thing that you're going to want to pay attention to in this deck is not just have creatures for the sake of having big creatures. Uh, we've kind of done that with Galta and a little bit with Mana Gorger Hydra. They're just big beaters. They're but dumb. they're so efficient. They're dumb creatures, but they're so efficient. We we include them. Something a little bit better is a creature that's also big, but then provides you utility that you use anyways. This next one's amazing. Wayward Sword Tooth. Two and a green for a 5-5 five, five dinosaur. It has Ascend, and that basically means that Wayward Swordtooth can't attack or block unless you have the City's Blessing. Again, just like Ronus, we don't really care. We can wait on that. Right now, all we need is the power to synergize with our commander. It also has, you may play an additional land on each of your turns. So it's an explore, exploration effect. It's an exploration. This is, uh, you know, in our deck building template, we always talk about overlap. So... What does Silvala want? She wants big creatures. What does every deck want? Ramp. Wayward Swordtooth fills both of those categories. So now it's letting Silvala tap for more, letting you put extra lands in play. If somebody happens to kill Silvala, Wayward Swordtooth still has that utility. Uh, yeah, this is the. I mean, this is just good deck building, right? This is just what will take your deck to the next level rather than just having a bunch of Mana Gorger Hydras. Uh, not that one isn't bad. I'm just saying, like, if you had you 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 want more more wayward sword tooth. I would rather have more wayward sword tooth yeah. than than mana gorger hydras. The problem is that wayward sword tooth is so good you can't find other right. effects. There's like not a ton like of another those. one, maybe prowling serpapard, yeah. which makes things uncounterable. Also has high power, and then you're kind of winding off of these utility creatures that are also big beaters. Right. Well, this one. The next yeah. one is Omnath, the original Locus of Mana. That's the mono green one. Two and a green for a 1 1 elemental legendary creature. Green mana doesn't empty from your mana pool as steps and phases end. And then Omnath gets plus one, plus one for each green mana in your mana pool. So you can carry, it's a bank that stores your mana and also gets bigger based on how much mana is in there. Oh my gosh. And the fact that it gets bigger too means that you can tap Silvala. And it almost it basically doubles. It's like Omnath's a doubling power. Cube. Yeah. It's like a doubling cube for this deck. And we're gonna have ways to activate Silvala more than once. And so this creature is going to double, double, double. All you need is a couple turns with Omnath in order to just kind of unlock this deck and make something make this creature so big your opponents have to deal with your synergies. I mean, if you just hold your mana open and on the end step like tap five green mana, make Omnath a five five or six six. Use Selvala to put six mana onto it. Now it's a 12-12, and then you untap, and now Selvala taps for 12, and that was just sort of, you know, using one turn to kind of put your mana on layaway. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely a line of play that you will sometimes do, because, and then, look, you know, Locus of Mana, or Omnath is a 24-24 for a second, too, before you use some of that mana. You might bash in and then be like, okay, and now I'm going to cast these seven things. That's scary. Yeah, That's super very scary. scary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is an interesting category you just added. Um, and I like this. We don't usually do this on our deck text. One of the reasons we like having you, DJ, is you just kind of bring some new innovations to the show. And you want to point out some sort of pitfalls or trap cards or things that, like, it, it would seem like you would want to put these in the deck, but they're actually not as good and you would and you would recommend staying away from. Yeah, some people out there will comment in the comments and say how they love these cards and they think they're amazing. Uh, I'm going to caution you about the following cards because they are the exact opposite of Wayward Swordtooth. Wayward Swordtooth has that utility and then it has incidental power. These creatures I'm about to describe are basically only power. They're one note. 
They're exactly one note. They create sort of a glass cannon effect where they literally do nothing unless everything is going right. Right. And that's something we kind of preach against. Uh, we want redundancy. We want to be able to have our deck function a little bit without our commander. And you can imagine some of these cards, which we're going to lay out for you, could just really limit your ability to play this deck unless everything is going perfectly. So the oh. first one is Lupine Prototype. It's two uh, colorless mana, generic mana, for a 5-5 five, five artifact creature wolf construct. So two mana 5-5, five, five, that sounds like, man, that goes really well in Silvala. Yeah. Uh, Lupine Prototype can't attack or block unless a player has no cards in hand. So it's never going to attack or block in it's, Commander it ever. It should never attack or block. <laughs> yeah. And so this is simply a, like an artifact to facilitate your commander. And it's good, but five, like let's say it was a two mana, 12, 12. That would be give you so much mana with Savala, it'd, it'd be worth it. It might be worth it, yeah. Even um, though it can never attack or block. Even then, I mean, wouldn't you rather have a Galta? Wouldn't you oh, rather sure. have a Rayward Swordtooth yeah, or something sure. like that? Just be very aware because you're playing a card that literally does nothing and you're hoping that it'll synergize with your commander and and work out. Uh, another one that's... And, and if they kill Solvala in that instance, the Lupine Prowler's doing nothing. Whereas if yeah. you have the Wayward Swordtooth, it's still letting you play an extra land per turn and eventually it will turn on and become a creature. So you're not like 100% only reliant on having your commander out or this card does nothing. Yeah. This one's really similar to the, the Lupin prototype. It's Sheltering Ancient. It's one in a green for a 5-5 five, five tree folk. Has trample. It has a cumulative upkeep of put a 1-1 one, one counter on a creature an opponent controls. So <laughs> cumulative upkeep is... It increases uh, incrementally. So on your first upkeep, you put one 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 counter. Then it's two. Then it's three. By the fourth or fifth turn, you're putting four or five one one counters on your opponent's creature. So you see how this is so all in on yeah. creating the mana in yeah. order to sort of combo off. It's very glass cannon. And you might want to build a deck like that. It might be very cool. And when it all works together, you're going to be super happy about it. Uh, but I like a deck that has more avenues for winning. And that does not include putting plus one, plus one counters on all my opponent's creatures. Again, if they kill Silvala there, you are just sad. How about a three mana eight, eight, Josh? Seems good. It's cumulative upkeep is sacrifice a creature. Hmm. <laughs> well, and I've played against this deck enough to know that very early on, you basically got Silvala and one big creature. Yeah. And that's kind of the moment where like this can't be played in that instance. Yeah. This is a one off or a, or two off, like immediately play it and then try to activate and go off. Even then you're, it's like playing a ritual card in that case. These, do you know what? That's a great way of saying it. These, these are very much like rituals and rituals are very powerful, but do you, do you play rituals in our format? I mean, only if I'm playing like a storm deck or something that like, no, in general, the answer is no. Yeah. You need specific reasons. You like a much better balanced deck yeah. where you're not throwing a card into one explosive action. I mean, we talked about rituals for like Zancha, and that was because you know you're going to be able to use them to draw cards. So you don't you don't have the card disadvantage. These ones, that's not how Savala draws cards. I mean, you're going to replace it when you play this, presumably, but at the same time, you know, one use, get a bunch of mana, you know, get an extra six mana, I don't think is probably good enough on a, on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And the last one is, of this category is pretty similar. It's uh, Ravaging Riftworm, uh, three mana for a 6-6. Six, six. It has Vanishing 2, so it's, go it's going away. And two, uh, that means... It comes into play with two time counters on it, and then when the last one is removed, sorry, you remove one on each of your upkeeps, and when the last one's removed, you sacrifice it. 
Okay, yeah. well, I actually think that there's some one-off effects, these kind of ritual effects that can be really powerful. Uh, and that kind of transitions us into the next category, which are these one-time power boosts. Some of them are, again, a little bit sketchy, a little bit, it made it, <laughs> a little bit sketchy, but I think some of these can be really powerful. And the one that I like the most is Aronis's Monument. Yeah, this... You know what? These monuments in general have been pretty good about really seeing good. some play. Yeah. yeah. Ronus's monument is three mana for a legendary artifact. Green creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. In a deck that is has a lot of creatures in it, this is very relevant. Mm -hmm. Literal mana ramp. Yep. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, target creature you control gets plus two plus two and gains trample until end of turn. That means that as you're deploying your hand and playing more creatures, there's a lot of creatures in this deck, then you'll be able to pump up something, maybe make it a great attacker, but also make it more relevant for your commander. Yeah, you can think of this in some ways as like a Lotus Cobra effect on a creature because it's always going to add two mana extra with Sylvala, right? So anytime you play a creature, your biggest creature is going to get plus two, plus two if you want, yeah. which means Sylvala taps for two more mana. So... So this kind of reduces it things by three mana. Yeah, which is Ooh. crazy. And then also the trample is super relevant because you're playing huge creatures. And a lot of the sort of downside of a lot of huge creatures, like say the impervious great worm, it doesn't have trample. So 1616 is not that scary to your opponents if they have a few, they can chump block it, you know, worst <laughs> case scenario. Except for if you go, well, yeah, but now it's an eighteen eighteen with trample. Then I tap Savala, get eighteen mana, and then swing, you know, cast some stuff and swing in at you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this gets ugly really fast. Yes, yes. And this, I wouldn't even count this as a one-time power boost because you know how many creatures are in the deck. I'm going to guess it's in the thirties because yeah. th that's what we know. When it when a deck cares about a thing like big creatures, you're going to have somewhere in the thirties or, or or high twenties of that thing. And so this, it could easily be every turn you get at least plus two, plus two and trample. And I've seen this deck play. So there's turns in the mid to late game where Savala's tapping for so much mana that you're actually dropping like four huge creatures, mm -hmm. which means Ronus's monument triggers on each of those, which means you're giving four creatures potentially trample and plus two, plus two, or the same creature, you know, plus four, plus four and trample and another one plus four, plus four and trample. This I, just all adds up to like I think such it's a good great. package. Yeah, I think it's great because one thing that I was I was kind of focusing on is that, well, it'll trigger once. It'll give you a mana reduction. Uh, that's kind of like the floor. And Josh is like, well, no, think of also the late game. Think of the ceiling. And he's like, I've seen the ceiling. And it's literally everything has trample. You win the game. Yep. It's almost like an overrun. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just a great, great card in the deck. I think the package is so good. It's doing everything you want. Yeah. Um, okay. The this is more of a one-off effect then. Yeah, this yeah. one is a one-off effect. So it's Aspect of Hydra. It's a one-mana instant. This is the kind of thing that Craig would kill you with on an infect creature. It says, target creature <laughs> gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is your devotion to green. So your devotion to green is how many green pips you have on permanence in, in, on the battlefield. So Savala has two, for instance. Galta has two. That would be four. You play Aspect of the Hydra. It would get plus four, plus four. This is not... Um, if you already have Galta, you might be tapping for enough mana, but some people are trying to be super explosive super early. They play their Mana Dork or something yeah. like that. Like Mana Dork into something else, into Silvala, and then Aspect of Hydra pushes it above a critical line to be able to combo off. Yeah, now see, this is going to come into play with some stuff we're going to talk about later where you basically need like four to five... Silvala to tap for four to five mana at least 
to sort of create infinite mana. And Aspect can kind of do that. So it's kind of a ritual in that respect, but because of Selvala, it can sort of be a part of a infinite mana combo. And this is kind of a stand-in for all sorts of instant speed combat tricks that pump power. And some Silvala decks run it and they have success with it. And so we wanted to lay it out for you. I don't have this effect in Yeah, I was going to say, were it me, I don't think I would include a card like this. It's not that it can't be powerful in the right instance. I just think there's going to be too many times where it's just like gives you three mana... It doesn't even get if it gave trample I, I would consider it a lot more yeah josh and i are leaning towards a more balanced deck that where you can win a lot of different ways and we're kind of cautioning you away from the glass cannon combo deck a little bit and that doesn't mean that you can't build it this way we're just kind of laying out and that's kind of interesting too is that there's so many different ways to build this deck yeah You're i think you and i have have that like. same philosophy of like here's my plan often my plan goes awry because my my opponents are not just robots. They're sitting there doing things. They're going to kill my commander. They're going to counter my spells. I want my deck to be able to function when my plan is not in full effect. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is just a good card in general. Go ahead. Yeah. It's and a great combat Sort trick. of recent-ish uh, reprinted. I mean, it, it used to be crazy expensive, and now it's not as expensive. It's Berserk. Yeah. And it did used to be crazy expensive. Now, oh, man, it's, back in the day, now yeah. it's affordable. It was so good. Oh, man. <laughs> it's one green mana for an instant. Cast Berserk only before the combat damage step. Target creature gains trample and gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is its power. At the beginning of the next end step, destroy that creature if it attacked this turn. So it doubles a creature's power at the cost of it dying. Now, this sounds a lot like Aspect of Hydra, but it's a better in a couple ways. We mentioned Trample is something we want, mm -hmm. right? Also, Berserk can kill an opponent's creature. And that can be a big thing. It's yeah. just when things go awry and somebody's hitting you with something, I mean, a lot of times you don't want to double its power or whatever, but at the same time, if you got to kill something, this can do it. It could be pointed at someone else too. That's it's a like, really good point. It's like, look, just attack, attack them this turn and, and then you can attack me next turn. Uh, berserk. Yep. And then, and then it deals <laughs> double damage to your opponent and then kills their creature. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I also, like I think that they're rarely combat tricks in our format. And very rarely. I, and no, I think no it's, one's worried about that. And I think it's fun when they actually yeah. happen. Unless yeah. you play against Craig, then there's combat <laughs> tricks. Uh, okay. So See, this is even worth more against Craig because as Craig's killing Jimmy, you're like, yeah, I'll berserk that. I'll berserk that grafted <laughs> exoskeleton creature. So it kills Jimmy. Then the thing dies. It's great. But yeah. Uh, I've never done that before, but I really want to now. Okay, so the next category is untapped shenanigans. This is my favorite because this is the, one of my favorite things to do. And this first card you've got in the sort of tappy, untappy shenanigan category is one of the most powerful cards in the format. goes infinite with like ac almost anything, I feel like. <laughs> it really just goes infinite with mana in itself. Yeah. And that's what Silvala can generate. So you have to tap a green and tap Silvala to produce all of this crazy mana that we've been talking about. But we don't want to just do this once. We want to loop it. We want to be, want to be able to untap Silvala and then tap her again to produce even more mana and then keep the loop going. And Josh is a great card with that. Uh, yes, yeah, so this card is Staff of Domination. It's a three mana artifact. It has uh, five activated abilities. The first one is you pay one, you can untap the Staff of Domination. You can pay two, tap it and gain one life. Pay three, tap it and untap target creature. Pay four, tap it and tap target creature or pay five tap it and draw a card so this card is everything all in one for Silvala. if Silvala can tap for at least five mana then you can get infinite mana get infinite life 
tap everybody's creatures and draw an infinite cards. That's the thing about Staff of Domination. As soon as you get above a thir certain threshold of mana, it can do everything else you need to do, which is draw all your cards and gain all the life. So the way this works is, let's say Silvala can tap for five mana. Very easy because Wayward Swordtooth, Ronus, that stuff just costs three yeah. mana. And it's not stuff that your opponents are going to kill because as the deck goes, a 5-5 five five is like the best you're going to do anyway. A lot of times she's tapping for 12 with Galter or whatever. If you, she taps for five mana, you pay three of that mana, and you activate the Staff of Domination, you untap her. Then you So you have two left. Then you pay one and you untap the Staff of Domination. You have one left. Now you tap Silvala. Oh, I guess you need six. She needs a green. Yeah. So she has to tap for six mana. Sorry. Bad yeah. math there. Uh, she. But if you tap for six, then you have a green left over, and then you do it again. Yeah. And, and now you have two green. Do it again, and you demonstrate the loop to your opponent and go, I have unlimited green mana. Capiche? Yeah, and that's how you that's how you win. <laughs> and then you go, well, I can draw as many cards as I want. I can gain as much life as I want. I can tap down all your creatures so you can't block. Yeah. Yeah. Staff wins games. There's a few more artifacts that will also win you the game. Uh, Umbral Mantle and Sword of Perrins. Uh, both of these are equipment they can equip to Silvala herself is what you need to do. Uh, let's look at Umbral Mantle. It's a three mana uh, equipment, and it says equipped creature has three untap. This creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. And it has equip zero, by the way. Yeah, that- Which is really crazy. That's crazy. Because it's sometimes you'll be choked for mana and you'll want to be able to play it and instantly equip it. Uh, so with this one, this. you only need four, uh, five mana from Silvala to get infinite mana, right? You pay three, untapper, pay the one green, tapper. And sometimes you need even less to get this Actually, going because yeah. it gives plus two, plus two. Uh, then the next, all you need to do is be able to activate it enough to untap it. And then Silvala gets even gets even bigger. That's true. So, you only need four? It, often, here's four the thing. you break even, right? Often, oftentimes, yeah. well, if you break even, you're pumping the exactly. power every single exactly. time. So you break even, you do it in. once for four, you untap. You didn't gain any mana, but you tap her again for four. Now you untap it and she's a six, six. Yeah. And now she's tapping for six. And then, yeah. So Umbral Mantle, you only need four mana to get in that infinite loop. And also, this is a kill condition in itself because Silvala can get huge and make infinite mana. You can move this over to a different creature and make that infinitely large as well. So the one that has Trample or something? Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, Sword of Parents is similar. You can untap the creature for three. So it's another equipment. Uh, I like this next one. This is an untapper that's also on a, a decent-sized creature. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of... It's, well, it's overlap again. It's Great Oak Guardian. It's five and a green for a four, five tree folk with flash and reach. But it says, when Great Oak Guardian enters the battlefield, creatures target player controls get plus two, plus two until end of turn. Untap them. That's a fun combat trick. It's a great card to play. I think you should play it in a lot of decks. In this deck, it's amazing. Super good. Think of it this way too. Great Oak Guardian comes in and gives itself plus two, plus two and untops, untaps Silvala. And it'll be a six power creature at that point. So it's almost free at the very least if you use Silvala to, to cast it because it untaps Silvala and you're kind of in the same place you were. So you almost get this effect for free. I think you lose one mana since you need the one green to um, activate Silvala, but still. Yeah. And uh, cards like this, they feel like they're one-off effects, but when combined with cards like Cloudstone Curio or... Uh, team or Sabretooth, where you can bounce them and rebuy this ability over and over again, it ends up winning the game. Yeah, super powerful. This next one is a card you don't see very often. It's Scrib Ranger. It's one in a green for a 1-1. It says, return a forest you control to its owner's hand and untap target creature. 
play this ability only once each turn. So this is a way to untap Solvala. It also has flash and flying protection yeah. from blue, but that doesn't So again, matter. a one-off effect, but with bouncing, you can rebound. And this, this is just every like turn now. Yeah, exactly. One-off effect every turn. So even if you've just got a 5-5, five five, that is creating a ton of mana for you. And by the way, there's a lot of different ways to untap a lot of different loops. And so we've just kind of explained a few of them. Number one, the all-in-one of Staff of Domination, the the sword, the equipment combo, creature-based one. And now there's the one that's super boring, which is Paradox Engine. Yeah, of course, it works with all sorts of combos. Well, it works really good with Silvala. <laughs> it works really well with Silvala. <laughs> It'll work really good with this next category. Yeah. So it's the elf package. So some people go all in on the elf package and make this sort of an elf deck. Silvala mm -hmm. herself is, an, is elf. an elf. There are untap abilities in elves, and there are also really powerful redundant effects in elves. And so we're going to talk about that. Some people go super deep on elves. Others just add a little bit of elf flavor to it. You can decide how you want to build your deck. So these first three are all sort of related. You basically want to create one creature that can tap for four or more because once that creature can do that, then Umbral Mantle works and uh, Sword of Parents works. And if you can get a little higher than that even, then um, uh, Staff of Domination works. Paradox Engine works with all this stuff. So it's yeah. like, well, I've got all that other stuff in my deck, and, and these are mana dorks that have the potential to tap for more than one mana. So it's uh, Gyre or Gyre? I say Gyre Sage. Gyre Sage, Elvish Archdruid, and... Priest of Titania. Priest of Titania. All of those have ways to basically get big enough that they're tapping for four, five, six mana. Yeah. And once you're there, you don't even need Silvala. And that's, you know, people who've played against the Silvala deck enough will know, like, kill Silvala early. And if you kill Silvala before they have a chance to activate it, then they need five to cast it. You kill it the next time, they're pretty far behind because their deck doesn't really work very good with all these huge creatures that they can't cast. Absolutely. And another brand new creature, again, we have new creatures all the time that are going in this deck, is Marwyn the Nurturer. Uh, if as you play more and more elves, actually, can you read Marwyn for me? Yeah, it's two and a green for an elf druid, a 1-1 legendary creature. And it says, whenever another elf enters the battlefield under your control, you can put a 1-1 counter on Marwyn. And then you tap and add uh, an amount of green equal to Marwyn's power. So... Even if you just play Silvala after Marwyn, she's a 2-2 and will tap for two mana. And then you play a couple more elves. It's not too hard to get her yeah. up above. And all the other effects that pump power, deal with power, synergize with this. So it's really easy True to Rona's get her Rona's monument yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Or Rona's him, her, him, yeah. himself, itself. It's a snake. Or she's a snake. Yeah. You got me. Uh, and then finally, again, we have a little bit more of the payoff side with Azuri Renegade Leader. Azuri Renegade Leader is one green green for a 2-2 Legendary Elf Warrior. For one green, regenerate another target elf. Silvala is another target elf. Yep. That's some good protection right there. But also for two green 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 elf creatures you control get plus three plus three and gain trample until end of turn. Wow. And you don't have to tap Azuri or anything to do that. So it's five mana, but if you have 10, you do it twice. 15, you do it uh, three times. It's Crater Hoof Behemoth-like. Yeah. And sometimes better. Sometimes you don't even have to go infinite. You're just like, okay, I'll tap five to put mana into um, Azuri, and then I'll activate Silvala afterwards because it does pump Silvala. Then I'll and put then that you mana get five. That means you get five more. I'll put that mana into Azuri, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, you have a super threatening board. This is I like this creature too because it's a creature you can play and activate. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to sit there being like it can it's your win condition, but you don't have to put it in harm's way until you go to win. 
Sim, again, similar to Crater Hoof. Yeah. One so. thing to note is that a lot of these, the Priest of Titania, a lot, uh, the Elvish Archdruid, Azuri, Marwyn, they all demand a lot of elves. Yeah. In order for them to work. So you can't just add these five cards in there. You need to make sure that you have even more elf support, some dorks, some utility, all going together. So this elf package can't be three cards. It needs to be a larger package to commit to this. Let me ask you, do you think you need to go all the way to like 25 plus elves to, to even run that? Or can you do like 12 elves? You can run it for, for in 12 elves, but I believe it'll become more powerful if you start going deeper into Like elves. if you're not going to do 20, should you just do zero? Like at what point is it not worth it? Yeah, I think that... I think that you, I think I'd go with 20. I'd go with 10 other of the really strong utility creatures. And then I would go 20. Uh, Cause didn't we actually land on 20 in terms of like what makes it a solid theme in a deck? I think it's like 25 to 30 in general, but you know, this, this isn't like the, the only theme in the deck, right? Yeah. So this is like, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell because this could be sort of a, that, I guess that's my question. Can you run it as a secondary theme? Cause I think a secondary theme can be around 15 cards yeah i think it can i think it can run as a secondary theme uh but it's all about balance and when you add cards and cut cards you really need to make sure that you're keeping that balance okay so on to the next category here it's power matters support so silvala doesn't have to be the only thing in your deck that cares about the power of your creatures in fact that wouldn't be smart because if you're building a deck with a bunch of high-powered stuff and stuff that cares or and because your commander cares about high-powered stuff you should run a bunch of other cards that just incidentally are like, oh, well, you like high-powered creatures? I like high-powered creatures, too. Somebody like Garrick, Primal Hunter, two green, 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 five mana for three loyalty Planeswalker, plus one is put a 3-3 three, three beast creature token onto the battlefield, and the negative three is draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. That's the big one. And the negative six is you put a 6-6 six, six green, green worm reacher Reacher creature token <laughs> onto the battlefield for each land you control. Might not even need to read that last one because this oftentimes is, is five mana. Five mana draw twelve. Galta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Draw twelve. You're going off and you're just gonna draw so many cards. I mean, think about it. Some of the smallest creatures we were talking about have four or five power, and then suddenly this planeswalker comes in and says, Yeah, it's it's in green. It's five mana draw five. Yep. And, and that's not even the top the top case scenario. Yeah, sometimes the board's clear, and so you play this and you plus it, and then the next turn you minus it, and you it's still around. Yeah, you do have to jump through a few hoops to be able to get this to stay around. Uh, but there's some other effects that you can use over and over again. Greater good, oh. two green green for an enchantment. Sacrifice a creature. Draw cards equal uh, to the sacrifice creature's power. Then discard three cards. Yeah, this card's just broken it in this deck. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. Even it on just around. five fives. It sticks around. Even on just five fives, it's like draw five, discard three. It's just crazy. And that's never mind like the huge creatures. Even like as that. you're getting board wiped. Yeah. You're like, you're like, because a lot of decks you get board wiped in creature decks and you're like, well, I'm done. Now you have the ability to restock on your cards and greater good's fine. But honestly, if you can Garrick early on and have a full hand as someone board wipes, you can recover. Yeah, you're, if somebody board wipes and you're like, I have two or three cards in hand, you're in big trouble. If somebody board wipes and you're like, I have, you know, seven to 10 plus cards in my hand. Listen, at least you're still in that game. You have a yeah. chance there, right? Depending on when it happens, you, you know, you can come back, but if you're just sort of basically top decking or down to two or so cards because you committed so much to the board, you're just out of it once they board wipe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Go ahead. This Rish, was Rishkar's expertise. Another card that's really new. Uh, new addition to this deck. Four green green for a sorcery. Dock cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. You may cast a card with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Yeah, this card is sort of becoming a green staple because at a very modest case scenario, it's like draw four, play a five drop. Easily. Yeah, easily. And in this deck, it's, again, draw 12, play a four drop. Yeah. This next one, I... I don't know why. I just haven't seen it very often. But every time I have, it's ridiculous. Uh, this, and I did see it once with this deck. It's Traverse the Outlands. It's four and a green for a sorcery. Search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. And then you put those cards onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. So if you have a 12-12, it's five mana. Put 12 lands into play tapped. Yeah. It's like cast six explosive vegetations or something. It's very powerful. And... One, sometimes people are looking at that card and they're like, well, are you splitting your attention if you're also going all in on man on Savala and then you have this other card that's that's supposed to get a bunch of lands on the battlefield? I don't think so. I think that diversifying your ability to produce a lot of mana is going to be really good in this deck because we have big mana outlets. So if you have different ways to get a lot of mana, like this card, it's going to be really good for rounding out your deck and making it more resilient. I mean, it's one card, and it can be such a huge um, insurance policy against that board wipe. So, yeah. because like we said, if it gets board wiped, and even if you have seven to ten cards in your hand, you're still in that game. You're going to be cramped on the amount of mana because you mm-hmm. got to play Selvala. Wait till you can untap to create all that mana. Well, Traverse just says, well, if that ever does happen, I still have so many lands that I can jump right back into the mix. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've talked about a lot of ways to get Silvala out, produce a ton of mana. We talked about ways that interact with a lot of this big mana and these big creatures. We have a deck that makes a lot of mana that can draw a lot of cards. How are we winning the game? Yeah, and that's the part of the deck that's very important. It doesn't take up like a large percentage of the deck list, but yeah, I don't know how many times, and I've done this too, a deck is very well, well built, except for they forget this part. And you, you'll you see people like, ah, how am I going to win in this situation? And you need to remember, you need some ways that once your plan has come to fruition, you, you are able to win. You're able to end it. Yeah. I think one of the best ways is on the strategy that you're already doing. We mentioned this a few times. We mentioned this with Azuri. It's like, oh, well, we're already want to pump power and, and commit elves. And then suddenly we have a mana outlet on this creature we have already. The same thing is with Ronus the Indomitable. Yep. Where if you have infinite mana, then suddenly Ronus can pump the power of everything and give everything trample, and suddenly you've won the game out of nowhere. Yes, and that's the overlap we're talking about. Here's a creature that is a big creature for cheap. It's a big efficient creature. And it also has another mode later in the game, which is a, a mana sink to help me win now that I've executed my plan of make a ton of mana or infinite mana. Yeah, I've saved this next one for you, Josh, because so it's good. majestic. It's so good. It's killer bees. I haven't seen this in years. So it's one green green for an O one one insect with flying. Yes, green used to have flyers. You pay a green and killer bees gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So green also used to have <laughs> fire, fire. Bee, bee fire breathing. Well, it gets toughness For every too. green, you get like another bee that comes in. Yeah, oh, yeah it gets toughness too. You're right. But the, there used to be some green cards that did this. There's another Ursapine. There's like yeah, this is a, like before the color pie got really ones. sorted out. But so here's a way. It's a flyer that if you have infinite green mana or just a lot, it can just become big enough to out 
oust them. And it has flying. So. Yeah. And some of the some of these creatures, by the way, that can pump the power uh, can be good. We included Omnath where you don't have to put the mana into it, really. Right. Like, you can get the mana back out again as it pumps its power. That's obviously better. With this one, you could theoretically invest your five mana to pump the power up five, and then with your Silvala, kind of get that mana back again. Right, true. Yeah, and You so, could consider Killer Bees most of the mana you put into it free, depending on what your board looks like at You that can point. see how a lot of the other creatures are just way better than, yeah. than this one specifically, but the... But, but the, the respect you get from yeah. the other opponents at the table for playing Killer Bees is Absolutely. high. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be like, respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> There's a few other cards that, that kind of mimic Killer Bees. Uh, Chameleon Colossus is great. Again, it's only dealing with power. Two green green for a 4-4 four, four changeling. It has protection from black. And for two green green, you can double its power and toughness. So it gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is its power. Mm -hmm. So again, this can get gigantic. It doesn't have trample, but it does match a little bit with this synergy. And so a lot of cards that where you can pump up the power and have this, this mana sink in there, even, even cards like steel Hellkite where it costs two generic mana to pump up the power one, this fire breathing effect can be a mana sink and can swing in and kill people. Uh, a classic one in decks that create a lot of mana in green is Helix Pinnacle. It's one green mana for an enchantment with Shroud. You pay X, and then you put X uh, ca tower counters on Helix Pinnacle. So however much mana you put into Helix Pinnacle, it gets that many counters. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if there are 100 or more uh, tower counters on it, you win the game. So you need 100 mana. Yeah, you need to pay 100 mana thing. to do nothing and then over the course of a game. You can do it in installments, too. And then if you make it around to your upkeep with Helix Pinnacle, then it wins. <laughs> it does have Shroud. It has Shroud? Yeah. So it's tough to get rid of. Here's the thing. We mentioned Helix Pinnacle because it's goofy and it's awesome. And you like alternate win conditions. I love alternate win conditions. And that's actually where we're going to stop in terms of win conditions because there's so many. You mm -hmm. can imagine them. You can think about all of these crazy win conditions. So speaking of win conditions, it's time for two of the listeners. That's right. What are your favorite ways to win the game when you have all the mana? Infinite or just a lot? <laughs> what do you put into your decks? It doesn't have to be green decks. can be any deck. And I feel like this is a common question I'm asking myself in a lot of decks whose goal is to kind of gather resources, gather resources, gather resources, then what do I do with it? How do you want to win? How do you want to win? you got to ask yourself. I want to win with Killer Bees. Oh, I, I kind of want to win with Helix Pinnacle, actually. I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like to lose to Helix Pinnacle. I've done that a few times. I've never won with it. It's just like, no, no, no. Uh. Would you rather be crying, the, no, the bees? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> bees. I feel like Helix Pinnacle, you usually get like a couple turns, and it's just like this boulder that's rolling towards you, and you're just... Can I find something in my deck that will get rid of an enchantment with Shroud? You know, and you're just trying. To, that becomes the only goal of the game is like, is there? That, that sounds have... great to me right now. <laughs> I'm even more, I'm even happier with that. All right. Well, if you want to get a hold of a Helix Pinnacle or a Killer Beast or any of the cards we talked about today, go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link, when you order any of your cards, magic products, singles, anything at all, you really are supporting the command zone, game nights, maybe some additional content we've been working on in the background. Uh, when we have free time, I put that in quotes because oh it's not gosh. actually free time. But yeah, we do have some exciting stuff. I hope coming up. I shouldn't have teased that because I don't know when it's going to be out. But Josh hopefully, like, why did I People, say that? Your comments are going to be filled with when. What Josh? is it? What is it? We have some cool stuff that we've been working on. It Cancel might be a little it. while. More game nights. <laughs>
something else that's cool is mm-hmm. products from Ultra Pro. I was talking about those sweet um, guild-themed sleeves that are coming out for Guilds of Ravnica. I'm sure Murph is putting on them on screen right now. We also have these uh, wall scrolls, like the History of Venalia one, the Black Lotus one you saw on Game Nights. They've got a few other designs. Ultra Pro just always coming out with really cool products. And like I've mentioned before, for those guild sleeves, you know, they're using the Eclipse technology on all their sleeves now, so there's a high durability on anything you get uh, that's themed around the new sets. Very cool. Good on you, Ultra Pro. Okay, time for the instep where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I see DJ bringing it up on his phone over here. He's got something. Yeah, I got another book for you. Oh, sweet. It's it's awesome. Okay, so it's called Educated. It's Educated. a memoir okay. by Tara Westover. Okay. Okay. And it's, I think it's gaining a lot of traction. It's Is it really, newer? it's a little bit newer. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people have read it and it's, it's right, getting it's critical acclaim like and stuff like that. Old, yeah. But it's right. not a, it's yeah. not a bunch of years old. Yeah. And it's amazing. Okay. It's a story about a girl who grows up uh, in, and basically she never goes to school. She never goes to school. And like she's at any in this, level? Well, in the, uh, through childhood, the first time that she goes to school is when she's 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she never goes to school. She lives with this crazy family who uh, gets her a birth certificate when she's nine, where her family forgets her actual birthday. And so she gets to pick her birthday every year. <laughs> where where it's this, it's this dive into this crazy world. It's heartbreaking and cringy. And is it a true story? Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I think I'm going to stop there, but basically, basically it's, it's kind of follows her education and her family and, and her crazy messed up family and her amazing path through, through life and through education. Um, it's phenomenal. All right. I love book recommendations. I'm going to write that down and check it out. Yeah. Always looking for new stuff to read. And I got a plane ride to PAX here and well tomorrow. So there, maybe I'll read it. Maybe I'll read it going all the way to Seattle. I, I will say that uh, the criminal podcast that you and stepped about a few episodes ago, I've been binging it. I'm it's on episode good, right? like 50 now. Yeah, I probably listened to, I don't know, in the last week, I probably listened to 15 episodes because they're 15. To yeah, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty yeah. short episodes, and and they're I, what I like is that they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. a little bit where it's like, okay, whoa, this one's like super deep and serious, and this one's like super lighthearted. So I'm just yeah. saying that. Uh, DJ. I give good DJ end steps. DJ has good taste. I give good end steps. <laughs> Somebody who gives good podcast are the Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. They've recently started doing YouTube videos. So if you go to YouTube and type Masters of Modern into the search bar, they will uh, pop up there. They're adding a bunch of extra content too. I know I was talking to Ben and he's got a bunch of plans for just... He used to do 10 Minutes of Magic. I think he may still do that, which is another little short snippet podcast where he would talk about modern and all things in magic. And they've got a bunch of stuff like that planned. they got big plans. So if you want to check them out, you can find them on collected.company right next to us. Or you can follow them on Twitter at the MMCast. Our editor is Murph. Josh Murphy Murph. is doing a great job. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card Animations at Living Cards MTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, watching. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. 
For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> 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 <la